0: Hello, hello. Birmingham, Alabama. That is a market which was not really on my radar until a couple of years ago. It is exploding. Thomas Henry, vice president of investments at Stone River Company. He walked me through the why behind Birmingham's growth. Also, what is up with the research triangle? The Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill area in North Carolina, 300 a unit? better be a great reason for prices like that in what is normally an affordable Southeastern market. Thomas also pulled back the curtain on that for me. Thanks for listening.
1: You're listening to the Real Estate of Things podcast.
0: Welcome to the Real Estate of Things podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Elliott, joined today by Thomas Henry, Vice President of Investments at Stone River Company. Thomas, thank you so much for joining, my friend. Thanks for having me, Dalton. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So you and I connected. By the time this episode airs, we will have already knocked it out of the park, absolutely killed it. But you and I next week are going to be at the Crittenden Multifamily Conference. We're going to be on the kind of opening keynote panel together, which I'm incredibly excited about. You also went to college at Coastal Carolina. like Go Clears. I grew up in Merle's Inlet. So that school was 20, 30 minutes inland and went to football games growing up whenever they got a football team. I can't remember the coach's name, the first coach there, but I'm sure it was a blast being down there. And you're in Birmingham now, yeah?
2: I am, yep. I've been in Birmingham for almost three years now.
0: Got it. So walk me through your background. You're you're Vice President of Investments at Stone River. Talk to me about how you landed in Birmingham and just your progression in your real estate career.
2: Yeah. So as you mentioned, went to Coastal Carolina for college, You know, kind of came into the real estate thing late. I was doing some investment banking internships and just... Happened to run into a CBRE broker while doing an internship. Told me about real estate. So knew that was what I wanted to do at that point. And then ended up moving to Nebraska of all places. My wife had gotten into grad school out there. So I followed her out there and kind of lucked into a analyst position for a multifamily investment company. Worked there for 4.5 years and then was approached about the position at Stone River in Birmingham, which at that time, I knew absolutely nothing about Birmingham, didn't realize how many great real estate companies there are in town here. But yeah, started there in, I guess, 2019 and have been here ever since.
0: What is going on in Birmingham? I feel like just before COVID hit, I started to hear Birmingham way more than I ever had in my super long seven years in the space. And then throughout COVID, it seems to have continued to go up into the right, like a lot of markets, but Birmingham is just a name that I didn't hear, you know, 2015 when I got in the space as much. And then you fast forward to today and it's absolutely blowing up. Like, What in the world is going on in Birmingham that is, is just making real estate something that's tied to a rocket?
2: Yeah, I think Birmingham just kind of embodies the same principles that make the Southeast as a whole such a great market. You know, affordability certainly is high on the list on that one. I'd say Birmingham, even within the southeast, which is known for being affordable, has very good affordability. So we're seeing a ton of new developments, redevelopments. We're seeing all sorts of real estate acquisitions going on here in the in town. Um, and actually our office sits directly next to Cortland's development that they did over the last couple of years. So Good to see the growth of Birmingham every day when I get to the office.
0: Yeah, for sure. Is it, is it, so, so I know your focus is in the multifamily space is, you know, even I'm in Greenville, South Carolina, right? So a, a similar setup, right? You have relatively low cost of living, although the costs from a housing perspective has, has just gone through to the roof with HPA over the last couple of years, but still relatively High on the affordability scale, but you see multifamily popping up all over the place. Like downtown Greenville is just building out multifamily, multifamily, multifamily. As you drive on the highway 10, 20 minutes outside of town, you see multifamily developments popping up. Is that kind of the similar setup that's happening in Birmingham? Is it just multifamily new construction and rehab all over the place? It is. It definitely is.
2: You can't drive to any specific area of, especially downtown, and not see you know a new development that's being worked on. You go outside of the city as well to a little bit more of the suburban areas. It's the same thing. There's a lot going on there as well, which someone probably attributed to the work from home environment. I know my wife's company, or at least the division of that my wife is in in her company, has been working from home this entire time and are not planning on going back anytime soon. So a lot of the people in her division have started moving further out from you know the downtown area.
0: Yeah, more space with the remote work life. That, that seems to be the, the flavor everywhere. So talk to me about Stone River. What are y'all doing? How long has Stone River been around? What's exciting and going on there?
2: For sure. Yeah, Stone River has kind of gone through a couple of iterations It was founded in 1995 to invest in real estate for a local family here, the Bruno's family, and kind of did that for a while. And, you know, a multitude of asset classes at that point around 2016, decided, you know, wanted to start raising some investment funds and focusing exclusively on multifamily. So that was when we raised equity from just some high net worth individuals, mostly around town here for our first fund and filled that up and are actually in the process of exiting the last couple of deals in that fund. And then this past summer, so about a year ago, finished the raise on our second fund. We've put 2 deals into that so far with a third on the way. And yeah, so finishing up our second fund, preparing to start raising for our third fund. The third fund's going to be a little bit different going to a lot more institutional investors rather than primarily high net worth. Not to say we won't have high net worth as well, we'll keep those people we have incredibly high turnover from or attrition rates from one fund to the next. So definitely people that uh, were in fund one, wanted to be in fund two and expect the same thing here for fund three.
0: Got it. And what what types of deals are you all scouting out? Is it, you know, you're doing multifamily construction, value add? What's on the docket?
2: It's pretty open. We like to be opportunistic. So we can do value add deals that are 1980s or newer, Core Plus and Core. And then up to 30% of the fund can be development as well. So we're able to do a little bit of everything, focusing on the Southeast, inclusive of Texas. So that. Adding in Texas there opens up a lot of opportunities. Texas has just... I guess Texas has always been a heavy real estate market, but over the last couple of years, even more so, just exploding with the in-migration they've been seeing there.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely wild. And we, at my day job at Lima Capital, we've been in Texas but as long as I've been here since 2015 before. And there's we we can just never get enough always trying to continue to build and branch into new markets in Texas because it's very you know like like other places i guess you have a lot of different major msas and it takes takes a lot of work to break into those at least from a lending perspective what markets in the southeast outside of you know let's take texas off the table take birmingham out what other cities in the southeast have your attention
2: so, we have had a lot of success in Chattanooga and Knoxville in Tennessee. One of the deals in Fun2 right now is in Knoxville. And then we did a one off deal two years ago and then just sold it this last year in Chattanooga and did extremely well. So, those are definitely markets of interest. But, you know, Tampa, Orlando, Charlotte, Raleigh, although Raleigh at this point has gotten so outrageously priced it's hard to make anything work there
0: Raleigh's interesting I was there I interviewed when I was in college for a fellowship in Raleigh and just that what is it, the research triangle like absolutely crazy and the the development that's going on there that has going on there yeah trying to make it like the silicon valley of the east I think that's the ultimate ultimate goal do you have y'all you done any deals in Raleigh We have not We've
2: been looking I feel like once, uh, once to your point on Silicon Valley, once Apple announced their big expansion there, I think that was last year, maybe the year before. Things have just gone absolutely haywire. Where you know you're seeing 1990s vintage deals over 300 a unit on acquisitions, and it's just like, how do you make that pencil from an acquisition standpoint, and you know keep the conservativeness that you need to make sure you're able to hit your returns? But I would imagine, from your perspective as well, I don't know how people make those pencil out.
0: Definitely a higher risk proposition. I mean, you're putting a lot of eggs in one basket, on one kind kind of in a way, one hope that everything pans out there. And it, you know, it has in a lot of markets that the Microsofts, the Teslas, the you know, go down the the big tech lists. You know, it's panned out so far, but it's 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 a unique risk added. I will
2: say Raleigh and Austin are two markets that are starting to feel much more similar to each other than I would have ever expected. If I was going to be more aggressive and push for something, it would probably be those two markets, just because the growth that we're seeing there, I don't think is going away anytime soon.
0: Okay. That's interesting. So as wild as Austin real estate has been, right? That's... that's- Austin has been the headline capturing city for all of COVID. I think from May last year, or I'm sorry, this is a little dated, but a metric that's stuck in my head from May, 2020 to May, 2021, something like 35 or 36% year over year HPA insane. And not, yeah, no sign of really materially slowing down, but you're, you're still bullish. You think that everything's good and legit with that growth and it's just going to continue probably, you know, not at 35% year over year over year, but still bullish on continued growth there?
2: Still bullish. I, I mean, I think it's inevitable that there's going to be growing pains associated with how quickly they've been growing. But from a strength of market standpoint, yeah, I don't see that going away here in the mid to long term.
0: Got it. I'm actually, I'm going to be in Austin for the first time after you and I are at Crittenden. So I'll uh, I'll scope it out. I'll let you know if I see anything any signs of slowdown as I'm, I'm peeking around the city? No, that'll be my second time. The first time I was there was for another conference, but the conference was like a half hour outside of the city. So I I plopped into the Austin airport and then was out and kind of a quick out and back. So didn't really get to enjoy the town, but this will be a personal trip after the work. Hey,
2: the Austin airport has some of the best breakfast tacos.
0: Really? You've caught my attention. I'm a fan of you know having, it sounds like you travel a decent bit, I travel a decent bit, and you find your happy spots in different airports. My Courtney Newmans, who's also going to be on the panel with us, I traveled a ton with him whenever I started at the company, and he put me on to Piece of Cake in Atlanta at Hartsfield-Jackson. I'm pretty sure it's in the A terminal, and just absolutely the worst thing he could have done. Because when you're traveling, you're already... like. You're eating out all the time. Workout schedule is like, hopefully you can make it work. I try to run whenever I travel. If I can set up my schedule perfectly when I travel for work, it's get off the airplane, go to the hotel, drop bags, go for a run, shower, and then start what I'm doing. And it's such a fun way to get into a city that you're not in often or have never been to and just just put music in and just start running around. So yeah, all of that. I'm trying to be a good boy over here. And then Courtney puts me on to a piece of cake where they just have, you know, just close your eyes, pick one, and it's going to be some of the best dessert you've ever had. So breakfast tacos in Austin. I'm going to give that a shot or at Austin Airport. All right. So I have a, a kind of pointed question here for you. What is the worst deal that you have been a part of? Tell me, tell me all the bad and the ugly of it.
2: I guess I would say I don't know if it qualifies as a worst. One of the hardest deals that I've ever had to do was in a very, very tertiary market in Texas when it had a, a hap contract associated with it. So going out there and doing the lease file audits and the unit walks was a completely different experience than anything else I've ever done. I just remember, you know, the files were an absolute mess. So it was taking probably four times as long to go through the lease file audit, missing documents and everything. I remember we finished it up. We got back to the office and they came to me and they're like, hey, you're going to need to go back out there probably in a month or two and knock on the door and re-verify incomes because they haven't been doing it. We're in violation of the HAP contract. And I'm just remembering like doing the unit walks, Like, they were not happy you were there. Like, we were being paraded. And so the thought of uh, having to go back and knock on the door and say, hey, uh, how much money do you make, was not a fun proposition. And it just happened to align with when I was interviewing at Stone River. And so they brought me out to Birmingham. We went to dinner and the guy I was interviewing with told me at the end of dinner, he was like, look, we're gonna hire you. And the first thing I said was, "Man, if you can get me out of there before I have to go back and re-verify incomes at this property with a half contract, like I'll be there in two weeks." And you know, I was in, like I said, Nebraska at the time, so he took me up on that. So I, uh, I had to get my house up for sale and get out to Birmingham two weeks after I gave notice to the day. So you know, ultimately, I think the deal will be a successful deal, but. For me personally, that was a an interesting one that you know I don't look to do ever again, hopefully.
0: They ran you out of the state, Thomas Henry. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Started talking to a bunch of Nebraskans and they I said, no, 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 get out of here. Get out of here.
2: Yeah. Between that and the cold, I was ran out of the state. Growing up in the Southeast, I was not there for the uh, winters.
0: I feel you. Like I said, I grew up on the coast of South Carolina, and actually, we had in January, I'm in Greenville in the mountains now, and growing up the coast, you would get snow, which is like a little bit of slushy ice on the ground, but nothing, not real snow, and we had six or seven inches here on MLK Day this year, and I was just, I've never seen this much snow in my life I'm a relatively decently traveled human being, but I just haven't gone to cold places, try to go to you know, neutral or warm places. But I bet Nebraska is pretty cold. What? What's the... So Chicago, right? Chicago has a couple months out of the year where I could exist. Otherwise, I would live in Chicago. I love Chicago. My wife, then, then girlfriend, now wife, we went there when we were in college for a trip and we were talking about it. Like, Chicago's great. Love Chicago. And it was checking all the boxes. And then we got to the weather conversation and talked with a couple of friends who like in college who are from Chicago and they just give you the no BS answer on the winters. And you're like, you have, you have like an eight month winter here. Effectively. I can't, I can't do it. The upstate of Greenville gets too cold for me a couple months out of the year. So I don't think I would, I don't think I would be able to exist in a a Chicago. So Nebraska sounds pretty chilly.
2: So I, I lived in Greenville for a while growing up, and when I went to college, my parents actually moved from Greenville to Chicago. So I spent a winter there one one year while in college. It's not for me. I love Chicago, just like you said, but I just can't do the cold. I would say Chicago was a little worse than Nebraska, just from you know it uh, is aptly named the Windy City. That just makes it so much worse.
0: Yeah, it cuts. I, the last time I was there was probably October or November of 2019. And I did, I got in at night. So I went for a run in the morning and the sun was up, uh, was staying right downtown. So went through the park, had a great time, but I was getting whipped around. I mean, I'm, I'm almost, if I'm soaking wet, I'm a, I'm a buck 80 and running around that city just you know, getting slapped around with the wind, it's, it's aggressive. So if we, if we solve Chicago's winter, then I'm a fan. I'll move up there heartbeat until then. I got to stay. I got to stay Greenville or South. I can't go any further North. I can't go to Charlotte. I can't, I can't, I can't go any further North. It's too, too cold here as is. Greenville's a great place to be. It is. It's wonderful. I, I came up here for college in 2011 and, the development that's happened here is absolutely insane. You know, part downtown has grown so much that, you know, you go six blocks south of our office. Our office is kind of smack dab in the middle of kind of the prime part of Main Street. And if you go six or eight blocks south of us, there's an old Army Navy store that's on the corner. It's kind of a well-known, been there forever spot. And that used to be one of my closest friends grew up here and he was like, that's the spot that growing up it's like you didn't go south of of there you just never did and now just exploding development tip top restaurants housing is going off new construction everywhere the growth has been absolutely crazy hpa's been wild like in most places and uh, it all feels right and legitimate though when i got here there were just a, the restaurant scene has changed tremendously you know from I guess at this point, 10, 11 years ago to today, the events I'm work with the humane society here in Greenville a lot. And we're doing the mutt strut this weekend and we're going to have, you know, I think a couple thousand people with dogs out. So it's, it's just a fun, great city. And it's a great home base, right? You're in out within an hour and a half, you have Asheville and Charlotte, you have three hours to Charleston, two and a half hours to Atlanta if you don't run into any traffic. And then I fly Delta, so I have to, you know, almost no nonstop flights for me out of Greenville, but it's a 25 minute flight to Atlanta, and then you can go anywhere in the world. So my wife and I love Greenville as a home base. I don't, I don't have to sell you on Greenville. You've, you've lived here. You know the, the benefits. But yeah, it's a great spot. And you got to let me know next time you're in town, and I'll, uh, I'll hit you up when I get to Birmingham, which will absolutely be sometime sooner than later. I got to get out there and and see what all the hubbub is about. For sure. Beautiful, Thomas Henry. Thank you so much for joining me, my friend. Looking forward to seeing you next week on the panel. Yeah, thanks for having me. For sure. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Take care.
1: Are you a real estate investor looking for the right lender that can finance all your deals and help you scale? Lima One Capital has the best suite of loan products in the industry bar none. Whether that's fix and flips, fix and holds, building new construction, or buying rental properties, they have incredible financing solutions for it all. A reliable, common-sense lender is one of the most important parts of your investment team, and that's exactly what you get with Lima One. Let Lima One Capital show you how they've helped thousands of real estate investors scale and increase their wealth. Check out limaone.com or call 800-259-0595 to speak with a consultant in preparation for your next project. Thank you for joining us today on the Real Estate of Things podcast. Subscribe and tune in weekly for new content from the industry's best while we continue to unpack the nuances of this dynamic market. Follow us across social media for additional insights and analysis on the topics covered in each episode. And remember to rate, review, and share the show.